Um, this morning, we're going to see Jesus raise the bar, raise the standard. Uh, he's going to take what goes on in the old section, uh, the Ten Commandments, Sixth Commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. And Jesus completes it. He fills it up. He uh, totally accomplishes what he talks about there in Exodus. So we're going to look at Jesus flipping the script, thou shalt not kill. Um, and even though, Jose, most of us, we've never murdered anybody, we're going to find out. Uh, he's going to say, no, no, no. This actually applies to all of us. Uh, what he's going to say today has application to everybody here, even those of us who've never murdered anybody. So if you're able, would you stand with me? Uh, we're going to read Matthew 5, verses 21 to 26, and watch Jesus raise the standard, raise the bar on us, okay? Read with me if you can. You've heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment if you call someone an idiot. You're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, have leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you're on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're going to need your help today as you take us to school, your school, uh, and you train us in the essentials of loving and forgiving. So, Lord, would you help us to live out uh, your command today as we dig into your book? You've told us to love you with all we've got, and you've challenged us to love each other as good or better than we do ourselves. So we're going to need your help to put that into practice. We invite your spirit to be welcome today in your church. We ask that the power of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit might come together today and cut deep. Lord, you're, you're, uh, you're awesome and we need you to cut down into our hearts, our souls, our minds, our wills. Give us listening ears. Help us to pay attention, Lord, now to your still, small voice. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice. Amen. You can be seated. Mark chapter 12. Uh, Jesus is asked, hey, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest command? Remember what Jesus says in response? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor how? Treat your neighbor as good or better as you do yourself, okay? 
Now here's the challenge, just the honest, okay? I, I love you, Jesus, but sometimes it's these people I live with, uh, they make me impatient, they make me grumpy. Um, I, I, I'm short with, with the people I'm around, my coworkers. I'm selfish with my neighbors. Um, uh, the truth is, we're a little mean with each other. We're a little ornery. We get, we get ugly with one another. Uh, sometimes we yell. Some of you are better at giving the silent treatment, and you know who you are. So uh, some are yellers, some are, okay, I'm going to go silent on you for a while. Um, sometimes we exaggerate. Sometimes we shade the truth. Uh, sometimes when we think we're caught, we even lie to avoid consequences. So here's the question today. When there's a breakdown in relationship with somebody near us, what do you do? When suddenly the relationship is in trouble, do we ignore it and hope it clears up and goes away all on its own? How many of you, that's your favorite thing? Ignore it. It'll go away. Or do we tell everybody around us what's going on and hope that maybe peer pressure uh, will get to that person or maybe you'll straighten me out? Um, do I bring to mind every time this other person has messed up and harmed me? So dig up everything you can find and throw it back at them. Um, here's the truth. Here's the idea here today. Long-term relationships are not possible if forgiveness is not sought, if forgiveness is not granted. You tracking? If you don't seek forgiveness and if you don't grant forgiveness, relationships fail when forgiveness is withheld. And that's really what Jesus is talking about here today. He's saying it's important. Relationships with other people are really important. So, What's the important question? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus have you and I to do when there's relationships that are not going well? What, what should we do? Let's go back to the text. Jesus is going to give us a master class on what to do. He says, you've heard it that our ancestors were told, verse 21, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. Now, I believe that everybody listening here on that hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee, I think everybody knew that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's back in Exodus 20. That's the sixth of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. And I think they probably all knew the penalty. Uh, if you murder someone, Genesis 9-6, Numbers 35-16. Anybody know what's the penalty Old Testament style. If you murder somebody, what's, what's the consequence? It's death. It, it's the death penalty. So if you murder, you will be executed, okay? Now, verse 22, Jesus is going to raise the bar. Jesus is going to flip the script, if you will. He says, verse 22, But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot... You're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Okay, let's just pause for a moment. Old Testament standard, no murder. 
you may not physically kill someone by murder. Jesus says, you know what? I'm the completer. I'm the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So I have the authority to raise the bar right now. And he says, for those of you who know me, who follow me, I'm the king of your kingdom. I'm raising the bar. I'm flipping the script. And here's what he says, church. It's no longer enough just not to kill somebody. I'm telling you, if you're following me, if you're one of my kids, then I want you to know your attitudes, your words that kill people will be punished. Strong, okay? The raising of the bar, big time. Uh, Jesus gives some examples. Verse 22, somebody in the family let you down, and now you're ticked. Uh, somebody you work with made a mistake, and you call them an idiot. You idiot. Uh, somebody flipped you the bird, and you salute right back. Um, that's what he's talking about here. You say words that are mean and harsh and cruel, either to that person or about that person to other people. He says, there are consequences. You know that Old Testament when you murder someone. Now, Jesus says, New Testament, there are consequences when anger flows from your lips. When you allow anger to flow from your life to another, he's saying there's consequences for that as well. So, you're in church this morning, you're watching online, you realize you've spoken words in anger to someone, you got impatient with a family member, you ripped into a co-worker who, who made you mad, you got poor service somewhere, and you were rude, what should we do? Because that happens daily to us, does it not? Daily, we get impatient and ugly at each other. So when that happens, what should we do? Verse 23, Jesus continues. So, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. <laughs> Jesus is talking here to Jews, understand, who were still sacrificing animals to cover the sin of themselves and their family. Okay, so... Um, there's still, this sermon's given two and a half years before the cross. So there's, he's talking about Old Testament, and they would offer sacrifices to cover their sin. So uh, the cross is still to come. So you're waiting in line um, to have your goat sacrificed for you and your family. He says, and now you remember, oh yeah, you had a fight with your wife before you came to offer your goat. She was spending too much, uh, too many shekels at Jerusalem Mart. Or, or maybe, maybe you told your son, I want you to clean up the lamb dung in the backyard. And he was so busy uh, messing around with his friends, he forgot, and now you're mad, you yelled. Or a coworker, uh, somebody maybe who even works for you is lazy and they're not doing their job. And, and you call him an idiot, okay? So 
Um, Jesus says, when that happens, you're there waiting to offer a sacrifice. Don't just go on and march on with your religious ceremony, verse 20. Instead, look at verse 24. Leave your gift at the altar. Excuse me, sir, but would you watch my goat for, for an hour? I'll be back in a little bit. You watch my goat. And he says, go immediately and make it right. Whatever it is the Lord brought to your mind, go reconcile with that person your unresolved anger. Do it now. We're good at saying, oh yeah, Lord, I'll, I'll do that sometime next week, next month, next year. He says, no, I want you to do it now and then come back and make your offering, your sacrifice to the Lord. So where, where's the application for us today? New Testament, okay? So you're in church today and you're worshiping together and that's important. You're giving money to the church, funding God's tool to reach and change the world. That's important. Uh, we sometimes celebrate communion. That's really needed. Uh, you're involved in a small group. That's huge. You're serving. You got a place to use your talents. Give me your eyes. Jesus says, as good as all those things are, it's critical when you know there's something between you and another, you go and make it right. So I, I want you to serve, I want you to give, I want you to be involved, but more importantly, when you realize there's unresolved ugliness between you and someone else, go and make it right. Go, go and do it right now. Don't wait. This is essential. This is critical. And some of you are thinking, well, um, Sometimes you go to a person and you say, Let, let's make this right. I'm sorry, Henry, that I said that about you. Would you please forgive me? And Henry says, you dirty dog. Uh, no way, no how. Uh, get away from me. I don't even want to talk. So you go and you try to make it right and they're not interested. Well, what about that? Romans 12, verses 17 and 18 says, never pay back evil for evil. Okay. So Henry, Henry calls me a dirty dog. I'm going to go call him. You know, Chase, did you know Henry's a dirty dog? He is. You know, and do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Here's the line. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Do, do all that you can. Uh, you can't force someone to make peace with you. You can't make somebody forgive. Here's, here's what Romans 12, 17 and 18 says, but you do your part. The Lord will worry about them. You do your part. You know there's trouble between. So you go, even though he might call me a dirty dog uh, and, and reject, I'm going to go and do my, I'm going to make every effort possible to live at peace when there's trouble between me and someone else. Why? Because, Henry, if we're going to stay friends, long-term relationships, they are not possible if forgiveness isn't sought. Long-term relationships are not possible if forgiveness is not granted. Relationships fail when forgiveness is not a part of the equation. It is when, when it's withheld, okay? So, 
We're in church today. Andy and the band are leading us in worship. Jira, you are enough. Ain't it great? Isn't it great? You just, Jira, you can sing with me. You are enough. Okay? And as you sing comes to mind a thought so clear. Last night, you yelled at your son, and he's sitting just two seats away from you. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, well, I'll handle that later. Maybe after we get home from church, um, maybe tonight after dinner. Jesus says, no, I want you to leave church if necessary. Quit singing Jira and go and make that right. Okay? Catch how seriously this is to King Jesus. Verse 25. He says, when you're on your way to court with your adversary... Settle your difference how? Okay, verse 25 is where the answer there is. When, you, when you're on your way to court, okay, and, and you got someone who's, who's uh, on the other side of the law, settle your difference quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, who will have you thrown into prison, and you're going to sit there in prison, and surely you won't be free again until you've paid your debt, okay? Jesus says, I want you to handle your differences with other people quickly. Don't allow bitterness and anger to poison your relationship, okay? Don't allow um, all sorts of ugliness to continue between you and another person. Hold your spot in if you have your Bible or on your phone. And I want you to turn. There's another section. Go to, go to Matthew 18 quickly with me. Would you? Matthew 18. Same, same gospel here. Verse 21, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, uh, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Uh, Jesus, how, how many times? Seven times? Is that enough? Is seven times? And Jesus says, no. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And then Jesus tells this powerful parable. He says there's a king and uh, somebody uh, had taken and had borrowed billions of bucks from this king. I'm talking um, Jeff Bezos billions. Do you understand I'm talking Warren Buffett. I'm, I'm talking Elon Musk billions. So this king is owed billions, and now the king forgives the servant billions. And what does the servant do? Well, there's somebody who owes me thousands, and I am going to get my thousands back, even though the king just forgave me billions I'm going to choke you. I'm going to throw you into prison. And the king finds out, and he's really ticked, okay? Uh, slide down to verse 32. Then the king called the man he had forgiven, and he said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? I forgave you billions, and now you won't forgive thousands just as I had mercy on you. Verse 34, then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Verse 35, conclusion, 
that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Okay. Just pause there, okay? You got Matthew 5, you got Matthew 18, and they're both talking about unresolved anger. There, there's enmity, there's division, there's ugliness between you and someone else, okay? And, and he says, you need to forgive, and if you refuse to deal with broken relationships, you're going to have to deal with me. Now, here's the difference. Matthew 18 is speaking about the person who's been harmed. You understand? Matthew 18, I've been harmed, and now I refuse to forgive the person who's harmed me. Matthew chapter 5 is the flip side of it, okay? And that's talking about the, the one who's done the harming. I've harmed others, and now I won't go and make it right. But he's talking about both sides. Matthew 5, you've harmed others, and you won't make it right. Matthew 18, you've been harmed, and you won't forgive. Jesus is saying really strong, okay? Really bluntly. When we've harmed someone, when we've inflicted pain, and they're angry, uh, Matthew 5, leave church, leave devotions, leave work, go and seek forgiveness. Go reconcile with that person you've harmed. Matthew 18, if you're the one who's been harmed by somebody else and you're nursing a grudge and you're angry and bitter at them, today is the day to start forgiving. Today is the day that you need to begin letting them off your hook. By God's grace, Lord, help me today to start forgiving that person. Here's the strong warning. If we refuse to either seek forgiveness and apologize or refuse to forgive and allow Jesus to help me forgive, there's a penalty. There, there's a consequence, okay? If I won't forgive with someone around me, Jesus says, I'm going to turn you over to the jailer who will imprison us. Think about it. He says, I'm going to put you in the prison and you will be tortured until you pay back what you owe. And what do we owe? Think with me. I either need to forgive or I need to run and seek forgiveness. And if I refuse to do that, you're going to live in torture. You're going to live in jail. The jail of guilt and blame, the, the jail, the prison of bitterness and rage, the poison of hatred and depression and discouragement. And, and bluntly, if I look around the world today, I see a lot of anger and bitterness and guilt and resentment. Why? Because someone harmed me or I harmed someone and I refuse to go make it right. Long-term relationships are not possible if forgiveness is not sought, if forgiveness is not granted. Relationships fail when forgiveness is withheld. So, now we're coming to the end of digging into Matthew 5, 21 to 26. Here, here's the question I need to ask. Here's the question I think we should be asking the Lord to show us here this morning. Um, 
Is there someone you've stepped on and harmed who's angry and upset at you? Is there anybody in your life where you've caused them harm and so far uh, you got an excuse? Well, they kind of deserve, they got in my way. Well, everyone else is stepping on people and now you're excusing it and the Lord's saying, is there someone that you need to go make it right with? Because you've harmed them. And then on the flip side, here's the other question. Is there someone who's harmed you that you need to release it to the Lord? Is there someone who stepped on you, who's harmed you? Maybe they've done it repeatedly. Maybe they intended to do it. But you need to say, Lord, by your grace, help me to begin the process of forgiving them. Lord, I'm, I'm going to turn that over to you. Okay, here's the truth. The single greatest way we as followers of Jesus shine brightest for Jesus, give me your eyes, is when we forgive. When we seek forgiveness, when we forgive someone for harming us. John 13, 35 says it this way. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Think on that. Your love, as you show and demonstrate love, that's going to prove to people that you belong to me. And I believe the greatest demonstration of love by Christians, those of us who love Jesus, is when we seek forgiveness. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Or when we grant forgiveness, I'm going to let you off my hook. By God's grace, I, I, I forgive you and I'm going to move on. The greatest example of love in all of history, think about it, is when Jesus forgave us. All of our sins, all of our billions of sin that we committed against Jesus when he let us off the hook. That's what love looks like. It's all about forgiveness. Forgiving others and going and seeking forgiveness. Long-term relationships are not possible. You're not going to have long-term relationships in the family, on the job. Long-term relationships are not uh, possible at school, not possible um, in the workplace if forgiveness is not sought. Long-term relationships are not possible if forgiveness is not granted. Why? Because relationships fail where forgiveness is withheld. Bow your heads with me. Shut your eyes. I'd, I'd like you just to pause. We're going to take a little bit of time here at the close. We're going to invite the Lord to show you, to show me, to show us. Lord, is, is there someone... Is there some situation that you'd like me to hear from you about? Would, would you speak right now? Because I'm listening.
First question, Jesus, is there someone that I've harmed and wounded? And maybe you have an excuse. It was accidental. Um, Maybe they deserved it. I, I don't know what we're thinking, but Lord, I know I've harmed somebody and there's trouble between us. Would you speak? Would you point that out to me? I'm listening. On the other end, Jesus, is there someone who's harmed me? Someone who perhaps intentionally, repeatedly has stepped and harmed me. And Lord, I've been holding on to that harm. I've been nursing that grudge. I've been allowing the poison of bitterness to fester. Would you make that clear as well, Lord? I'm listening. See, it's one thing to know you've harmed somebody. It's one thing to know for certain somebody's harmed you. The question is, are are you ready to act? Are, Are you ready to move from what you know is going on to allow the power of King Jesus in his strength filled up with his spirit to go and seek forgiveness or grant forgiveness. And I get it. You're thinking, you know, I don't think it'll work. (laughs) I don't think they're going to listen. I don't think they'll respond. Romans 12 says, as far as it depends on me, as far as it depends on on us. I'm going to do my part, Lord. That's what you're calling me to do. Anyone say as we close, Jesus? You've made something clear. There's something between me and somebody else. And in your power and your strength, right away, I'll do my part. The Lord's talking, nudging, speaking this morning. Lord, see my hand. Right now, I'm, I'm ready. I want to pray for you as we close. Anybody? Lord, you're talking to me. Yep. Yep. Are there others? Yeah. Anybody in the balcony? Lord, see my hand. You're talking. There's, there's a situation. I need to go. I need to deal with that right away. Anybody else? The truth is, Lord... Uh, <laughs> We are constantly tripping and harming and saying things and doing things that cause harm. And others do that to us. So right now, Lord, I pray for these situations. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for healing and forgiveness where it's sought. I pray for forgiveness to be granted. I pray, Lord, 
that relationships would be healed. Work powerfully, Lord. Long-term relationships are at stake. Relationships that matter are on the line. We trust you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your book. It speaks so clearly, so practically. And finally, Lord, I'd like to pray for those who are here uh, or watching online right now who need to be forgiven billions by your son, King Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that your son Jesus, by taking our place on the cross, shedding his blood for our sin problem, taking our place in the grave and rising victoriously. Thank you that you forgave us billions in the most loving and powerful act in all of history. So we praise you for that. Your shed blood, your rising from the dead, and today, you, the one who's forgiven us billions, not quietly, on our heart's door. And thank you, Lord, for waiting for us to open the door. You're a gentleman. You don't knock the door down. But, Lord, right now, you're knocking on hearts and wanting to come in. I pray, Lord, you give us the courage and the faith to open up the door of our lives and invite you in. Come on in, Jesus. I accept your forgiveness. I praise you for your shed blood. I, I, I rejoice in your victory over uh, sin and Satan and death. And Jesus, I need you in my life. Come on in. And if you're here today, make your way to the prayer corner. We're going to rejoice with you. If you're watching online, would you hit that prayer button? <laughs> We'd love to uh, talk to you privately and help you get going in your new journey with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Build our lives, Lord. Help us to follow your son, Jesus, and do it your way according to your book. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things.